Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. Wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. This is Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Down there in Jackson, Studio X, Rhino. He holds down the fort for me every Wednesday night. Thank you for joining me on what has been an incredibly uh, busy, uh, busy day of uh, of Mississippi State football news and, and other things as well. We have a ton to talk about here. Sorry, I was just distracted by by the first fake Chad Bumpus account. Some of y'all really have got to find better hobbies. That's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just move forward with our lives there. I mean, for a second there, I was just like, what is this? And then I, 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 I figured it out. So that is an instamute. There is no, uh, there's no way that you're going to provide anything that I want to see uh, on Twitter. All right. Let's just dive right in. We're going to do this, the first two, two parts of the show. We're going to talk about what we know in this first part. Then we'll come back to what we're hearing. So let's start with what we know. We know that Matt Brock is the new Mississippi State uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, got the promotion uh, that was announced earlier today. No surprise to uh, to anybody who's been paying attention. Um, Brock has had, had sort of been groomed for this position. I had, I had a feeling that he was not much longer for Mississippi State this is my own speculation. If, if 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 all this had not gone this way, I think he would have been a candidate to become a defensive coordinator at other schools. Good young coach, good recruiter. Um, I thought State's linebackers this year under his tutelage were outstanding. Uh, you know, Nate Watson, Jet Johnson, and uh, of course Tyrus Wheat, really really good. I, I, there was nothing. There's nothing to complain about there. Uh, in case you missed it, Brock actually called the defensive plays for Mississippi State on Monday in the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl and was so seamless in it that his own players didn't realize what was happening until they were told later in the game. Jed Johnson said, I had no idea until about the fourth quarter. So that tells you something. And I thought State defensively had a great scheme, and, and, and they, they called blitzes at the right time. I mean, it shows seven sacks, ten tackles for loss. So Matt Brock... Will do. Will will be the uh, the defensive coordinator that does not open up a spot on defense for anybody. Although there's rumors that there's going to be one spot open, we'll talk about that in what we're hearing. Uh, what we're hearing is actually taken. I got to think about. It. I got to think of another name. Somebody else uses that. Um. And then you know I'm gonna I'm gonna beat around the bush a little bit. You guys, I know what you guys want me to talk about, but we'll get to it in a second. But Brad Peterson coming back in in on on the staff as the, quote, Associate AD of Football Administration. He's the Chief of Staff. We won't go down the Chief of Staff discussion we had earlier 
which was evidently erroneous. Um, but basically, he'll have he'll have some some control and some say so in a lot of different aspects of the MSU football program, uh, as far as player personnel, as far as coaches, and then as far as recruiting, which is where. If you ask me, that's good. Brad Peterson is the strongest. Worked for Mississippi State under Dan Mullen in recruiting. A guy who is a legendary high school coach in this state has won at so many different schools. Is a guy who you know coaches in this state would know and respect. Uh, I think by and large that, that, that this is an outstanding hire, and it sort of plays into and so does this next hire, Arnett's renewed desire to recruit the state of Mississippi heavily. I think Arnett believes that you know you've got to control recruiting in the state. Say what you want about state's recruiting class. I thought it was very solid, but the top two players in the state got away. They both went to Ole Miss, so, and a guy like Aiden Williams, especially, could have been a big difference maker for Mississippi State. They could use wide receivers. And Sun, how do we, we? I found out the other day it's not Sunterine Perkins; it's Sunterin or something. It's like it's, I, 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 I've already forgotten how to pronounce it. I'm sure I'll remember when I see him make a bunch of tackles this fall. But you know, that's a outstanding athlete. Would have loved to have had him in maroon and white. So you got to, you know, you got to do a better job of, of keeping these guys not only in the state, but then getting them to Starkville. So Brad Peterson will play a role in that, obviously. And then there's the one that everybody's excited about, right? Uh, as I reported earlier today, uh, Chad Bumpus, the new wide receivers coach at Mississippi State. This has been a long time coming for Mr. Bumpus, uh, a guy that you know obviously played at Mississippi State, was an outstanding player for the Bulldogs, uh, and has you know took and, and and been around the country, been at Buffalo, been at Tennessee, where he was at Austin P. And then, obviously, about out in the Pac-12 these, with Utah these past few years, and has always been trying to work his way back here to Starkville to have this kind of job. And if you read his statement today, let's let's we'll take a moment to read that. I'm fired up to be home. My wife Natalie, my son Ace, and I couldn't be happier. I started coaching specifically to take this job. This is home, and I'm fired up to get to work. Thank you to Coach Arnett for giving me this opportunity and bringing us home. This place is special, and I'm ready to get to work. Nobody is more passionate about Mississippi State, very few are, than Chad Bumpus. He is a bulldog. He is maroon and white through and through. And uh, he is the kind of guy I think Mississippi State wants in in living rooms across this state. Now, I mean, a, a guy who's young, who you know had it had that moment in the had a moment in the NFL. But has played major college football, and now has been out and about, and can tell people like, "Look, everything you want to accomplish, you can accomplish here at Mississippi State." I think he's going to be a big factor in a lot of recruitments over the next couple of years. Uh, you know, specifically one of the top players in the state for the class of twenty-five, the wide receiver out of Choctaw Central in Ackerman, uh, Caleb Cunningham. That's probably priority one for Chad Bumpus. Go get him. Go get that kid and put him in, into maroon and white. The 2024 class, you know, I expect to see Chad Bumpus's fingerprints all over, uh, all over, all over that class. I think he's going to be a major impact in recruiting. 
Got a text here from Matthew in Oklahoma. I think as an Ole Miss fan that Arnett's going to do a great job, but let's say he has a 5-7 and seven or 6-6 six and six record. Does he get a second year to State look at others? I mean, obviously you wouldn't expect him to be gone after one year. That would be a very disappointing year considering what State brings back and, and, and the amount of production and veteran leadership they're going to have, and especially with that schedule. That would be an incredibly far more disappointing than Joe Moorhead's first year. But he would still get a second year. But no, But nobody would be happy. So that said... Matt, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I expect Mississippi State to be pretty good um, in 2023. Bumpus coming back is a, is a big deal, and now you know, you've got some more spots to fill, right? You know, you, if you read reports, it says that running back coach, offensive line coach, there's going to be a tight ends coach now at Mississippi State. Bumpus is the wide receivers coach. There is no more inside outside wide receivers. There's just wide receivers. That's Chad Bumpus's room. Now, there will be a tight ends coach. You need a quarterback's coach. You know, you've got to reset this entire offensive staff. Um, and obviously you got to hire an offensive coordinator. More on that uh, very soon. But it, it, it looks, you know, the fact that, that, that Bumpus was hired before the offensive coordinator was hired shows you that Zach Arnett obviously thought he was a key piece to what uh, – Mississippi State needs to have going forward. A guy passionate about Mississippi State, a a good recruiter. A, he, he obviously thought that no matter who takes the job as the offensive coordinator, Chad Bumpus will be an asset to that coach. And I agree. I agree 100%. Not just because Chad Bumpus is my friend. I think he's a good young coach. I think if you look at his resume... And you take off the fact that he played at Mississippi State. You just if you just said, "Hey, this guy played college football, and this is his coaching resume." Him getting an SEC job shouldn't be a surprise. He's worked his way up the chain. He's paid his dues, and now he gets to you know have the the fruits of those labors rewarded with a job that he obviously desperately craved. So, looking forward to that. I can almost guarantee we will talk to Chad Bumpus, if not here on Thunder and Lightning Live on the Thunder and Lightning podcast in the very near future, talk about his journey uh, from Mississippi State as a player back to Mississippi State as a coach. Should be a very interesting one at that. So that's the, that's the three hires that we know. That's what we, we can say with certainty has occurred. But what about what we can't say with certainty? What about what what the message boards are telling us? What about updated Wikipedia entries? Always, you know, Wikipedia, always the best information there. Whenever I need information, I go straight to Wikipedia. Maybe, maybe not. Let's talk about what we can't confirm. Let's talk about what we we think we know, what we're what we may be, you know, what the drums are telling us. Plenty of that, plenty of smoke on those message boards and on social media out there. We'll we'll cover it all when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. 
back here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget, if you ever miss this this show, it's always available on the Super Talk Mississippi and the uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast feeds. If you subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast, boom, it's right there moments after this show ends. It's also available uh, on your Super Talk app and supertalk.fm. There's plenty of places to find us. And, of course, the best part about when you find us is we don't charge you anything. We just Here's all our sports knowledge for free. We we give. We're givers here at Super Talk. So there you go. Uh, we talked about what we knew, what we were, we, we could, concrete evidence, done deals in the first part of the show. Now let's talk about the other stuff. It's a little tastier, right, when we're talking about the rumor mill. Talking about what what's going on behind closed doors that we don't we don't know 100 about. Let's talk about it. You guys know at this point you've heard us talk about it on Sports Talk Mississippi. You've seen the message boards. You've seen social media. the The top candidate for Mississippi State at the offensive coordinator position is Kendall Browse, the offense who holds that same position for Arkansas and has uh, since Sam Pittman arrived in 2020. Um, obviously, the son of Art Browse, one of the top offensive co- coordinators in the country. One of the best play callers in college football. It is surprising to me to the idea of Mississippi State being able to take a a guy from basically you know the same spot, right? As Dan Mullen would say, ah, well, you know, lateral move, and do that. Normally, it would be the other way around. Normally, it'd be a Mississippi State coach going to a place like Arkansas. So for state, if state can pull this off, that's a big time statement to me. They're going to have to pay him a lot of money, but again, and I've been you know sort of banging this drum for a long time. He got a lot of money. You get you get sixty seventy million a year from the SEC network, and that number's just going up. That ain't going nowhere but up. So you got it to spend. You might as well spend it. Um, I've been told that a lot of the interest in Browse comes from Arnett himself in, in the terms of. He found Bryles difficult to game plan for. If you look back a year ago, State had some issues, or two years ago, State had issues with Arkansas, and Arkansas won that game in Fayetteville. And then this past year, even without K.J. Jefferson, Arkansas still rolled up a ton of yards. Now, they, they couldn't put it in the end zone. And I don't think that K.J. was a, the, the difference maker in that game. I think State still would have won because Arkansas simply couldn't stop Mississippi State that day. But Arkansas got their yards against, against Zach Arnett's defense. I think he's intrigued by that, you know. Sort of, even if you do beat him, maybe you still want to join him, kind of thing. And it's a it's a departure, right? Because the first round of names that we heard from uh, people, from sources, from from whoever about the offensive coordinator position, all revolved around the air raid. A lot of those guys were were right off of Mike Leach's tree. Some of them only. You know, a branch or two removed from the head man himself. You heard names like Seth Luttrell and Josh Kitley and uh, and Chris Hatcher and, you know, Garrett Riley was sort of thrown out there as, you know, that's maybe the best case scenario. And now you're getting away from a guy, you're getting to a guy with Brawls who, you know, who obviously, like every other offensive coordinator in the country, outside of, you know, maybe the, the Naval and the U.S. Military Academies, uh, incorporates a good bit of air raid into his offense. But he's not an air raid offensive coordinator. He is not an air raid, uh, you know, um, 
He's not on the tree. He's not on the tree. And I think that's a big part of the reason why you've seen a couple of guys at the portal, specifically those two young quarterbacks, Braden Locke and Sawyer Robertson. I think you in that I think you have two guys there, Texas kids, grew up hearing about, seeing, idolizing Mike Leach, and now that he's gone, and now that his offense appears to be gone from, from Mississippi State, they decide to make them the decision to move on. Locke is the more interesting of the two to me because I feel like Locke kind of fits what Kendall Bros likes to do offensively. He's got some mobility. He can make those throws. Robertson, to me, I can't get overly uh, you know, fussed about because, and we've talked about this before, I know we've talked about it on the podcast, this was always kind of the inevitable end, right? Even if everything had stayed the same, if Mike Leach were still with us and still the head coach, well, Rodgers is going to be starting quarterback in that situation in 2023. No questions asked. And so Robertson has to ask himself, do I want to wait till I'm a redshirt junior to get a start, or do I want to move on? And you would have thought he was always going to be moving on. So Robertson in the portal is not overly surprised me. Locke is. I, I, I was. I thought everything I heard about Locke was really impressive this this off, this uh, past season. There were a lot of talk that he had even gotten ahead of Robertson on the depth chart, and would have been a, a legitimate candidate to be the number two quarterback this upcoming year. Um, so we'll see. Maybe if State can can name an offensive coordinator between now and then. You can have a talk with Locke and maybe get him back on board. Otherwise, you're going into next year with two scholarship quarterbacks. You've got Will Rogers, and you've got uh, Chris Parson, the, the the true freshman out of Tennessee. And there's two issues, right? With thinking about okay, well, you got to go to the portal. Okay, we've talked about this before. If you go to the portal and Will Rogers is here. Well, then you got to convince somebody to come in and, and, and go head-to-head with Will Rogers. And you and I, you, we know that Will Rogers has struggled at times this year, but the average college football player who doesn't watch Mississippi State week in and week out is going to say, this guy's the all-time leading passer in the school's history. He's, he's got a chance to be the all-time leading passer in college football history, If I guess. Maybe not that, but have a chance to be up there in that top like five guys. Uh, it's gonna be tough. I don't know if I can beat him out. I should. I should be looking for a place where I can get the job. So that's a tough sell in recruiting. Then you have the other side of the equation, and we'll go back to things that we're, we're hearing. There's a lot of you know. Mess, this is mainly message board chatter. This is not something I'm seeing or hearing from from people in the know. That possibly KJ Jefferson, who of course is a Mississippi native and has been with Brent Kendall Browse these past two years, might come along for the ride. Should Browse take the job here? And, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I like the sound of that. I think Browse and, and Jefferson are a good match. The problem is you're still kind of right where you got right back where we were because at that point, Will Rogers is going to the transfer portal, and you still only have two quarterbacks. So it's a delicate situation for Mississippi State. You might remember a few years back, it was 2017. State only had two scholarship quarterbacks that year. Because, you know, you'd lost uh, Nick Tiano and Elijah Staley and Damian Williams. And so you had Nick Fitzgerald, who was the starter, and then you had Keaton Thompson, who was the, the true freshman. And then behind them, you had backups. And you might, I'm sorry, not backups, walk-ons. It could be a similar situation like that for Mississippi State this year. 
Because I, I don't know, you know, it's going to be a really tough pull to bring anybody from the portal in. And then if you bring somebody in from the portal, it's going to be a tough tough job to keep Will Rogers on your roster, I think. So I don't know where State's going to turn here. You know, my first question, is it too late? You know, I, I don't know who's who signed with who. But is it too late to go get another high school kid? Is there, you know, some kid that you can basically pull a Damian Williams with? You remember when Damian Williams signed? Uh, he was in the same class with Cord Sandberg, who never ended up at Mississippi State, but he was a highly rated guy. That was Mullins' chosen quarterback. And then when Sandberg started getting serious hype for Major League Baseball, Mullen had to go and, and pluck Damian Williams, so just so he could have a quarterback in the class. So is there a guy like that in this in this class who's like just happy to be here with an SEC offer? I'm sure there is. Or do, you know, can you who do you find in the portal? One kid that entered the portal today. I don't know, man. I'm just I, I, maybe I'm just a mark for this kid. If you've been listening to Sports Talk Mississippi, I talk about him quite a bit. But could Ty Key su- su- succeed in Kendall Brawl's offense? I mean, Ty Keys was a great athlete, a little more highly thought of, I think, than, than than KJ was coming out of high school. Maybe I don't know. Just a thought. I always thought that if Mullen had stayed. Keys would have been a bulldog, to be honest with you. But Moorhead won at Garrett Trader. I don't know. Just something to think about there. But State's got to find a QB one way or the other. They, they, they really don't want to try to go through that. But they may have to. They may have to go through this season. Kendall Bryles to Mississippi State. I don't know, man. Might happen. Might not. But it's very in- intriguing to me that it's gotten this far. That he's actually interested. All indications are they're just waiting on him. Offers made. This is what we can do. Take it or leave it, and we'll see if he takes it. We don't. If he's not, if he's not taking that job, we're not gearing the confirmation by this time tomorrow. Probably time to move on to the next guy, and we'll find out who that is when we find out. So, all right. As much as we may not want to, we're gonna talk a little basketball when we come back. Not a great not start to the SEC play for the Mississippi State. I'm going to tell you, though, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. What makes a difference is what's going to happen Saturday. We'll be back in just a minute here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. Thunder and Lightning here. It sounded like I was answering the phone, right? Thunder and Lightning, can I help you? I'll try. i try. I'm Brian Adad. That's Rhino down there spinning tunes and basically making sure this studio doesn't collapse around me at all times. Uh, so I appreciate that. Speaking of a collapse, what a, what a great segue. Uh, Mississippi State men's basketball last night did not have its, its premier performance of the season. 
We talked about that a lot during the uh, the non-conference portion of the slate, where we said, "Look, you know, what is this team going to look like when they play real athletes and real real shooters?" Well, we got a, a taste of that on uh, on Tuesday night in, in, in Tennessee. Volunteers shoot almost seventy percent from the field, so that was the first game all year where State's defense just it just no showed. Um, and then offensively, as we know, they simply just don't have the firepower. To, to do anything. If a game gets into the 80s, it's over. State State's not getting into the 80s. I don't know that State can get in the 80s in four overtimes, to be totally honest with you. Um, they're, they, they're going to win by, by playing defense. And if the defense can't get the job done, then they're going to lose games like they did last night. Jason on the text line, he says he wants to know more about Alabama. He says, was that game, how did he put it here? Uh, was it as close as it sounded on the radio minus the missed free throws? Yeah. Yeah, it was. State was in that game the whole way, basically. And if they had made free throws, they would have been they would have had, you know, a lot of leads in that game. Free throw shooting's been a real issue these last couple of games. Eighteen of thirty six against Alabama, seven of seventeen against Tennessee. These are free points. They're being given to you. You gotta take advantage of that, especially with games coming up, you know, the next five next three games, you got games with Ole Miss and Georgia. Those are not good teams. You've got to win those games, and then when you get on the free throw line, you've got to hit your free throws. So so what do we make of this? The, the main overriding point I want to make is this. If we could go back to November before a game was played, and I just showed you the schedules, that State plays its first two games against Alabama and at Tennessee, how do those two games go? You said 0-2. And you might have even said, look, they, they, they might play one of them close, one of them might blow them out. Nothing has happened that you didn't, you weren't already prepared for. Nothing has happened that you should be upset about. It's, it's not, it's not great to watch your team get blown out. It's not great to watch them not play well. I get that for sure. But losing this game was always on the docket for Mississippi State. And I've been pointing at it. I've circled it. I've done everything I can at this point. The game on Saturday against the Ole Miss Rebels is what's going to sort of tell us where this team is going to go. If Ben Hallen were here, I would literally go and bet my mortgage. I, I would refinance and bet it on Ole Miss to win. Because he could never beat them that first game for whatever reason. I think he did it once in his seven years here. You would get him the second time around, but never, never, the, never the first one. Should be a big crowd at the hump. Ole Miss is down. They're not playing well. They got blown out by Alabama on uh, on Tuesday. You got to win this game. And if you win this game, then I look at the schedule and I go, okay, Texas A&M, uh, Georgia, you know, uh, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, maybe even I could say, you know, Florida. You'll find a way to win those games. You win those games and you're good. And then in the elite group, in the in the good group, the Kentucky, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Alabama, you got another game coming with Tennessee. Win a couple of those, maybe one, but just a couple. Can you get to eight conference wins? You get to eight conference wins. If you're eight and ten, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. So. That's going to be the key for Mississippi State, but they they do they do have to get better. I, I I knew it was going to be a process this year. You know, if you go back to me talking about basketball prior to the season, I said, look, you know, it's going to be a process. They're going to get better. 
They'll be more. They'll be. They'll play harder this year. I believe in Jans. As he gets players, he'll be fine. But I couldn't have predicted they would be this dysfunctional offensively. I mean, you just feel like guys who play college basketball should be able to make shots at a higher clip than the guys playing for Mississippi State are right now. And then you're not getting anything from Tolu Smith these last couple of games. He only has been single digits. That's the one thing that has struck me these last two games is that State struggles to even get the easy buckets. When they're at the rim, when they get the ball inside into the paint, they can't even score it there. When they get open shots, they're not they're not getting them. And then they've got guys who are decent shooters who aren't taking enough shots. Eric Reed is a good three point shooter. He had two shots last night. Deshaun Davis had three. I mean, that's your starting point guard and shooting guard. Shooting guard. The word shoot is in the name. Got to shoot more than two times. Got to find ways to get the ball to hand. I, I will give it up for Tyler Stevenson. He's been a pretty good player this year for Mississippi State. I, I've been impressed by him. He's got the good mid-range game, plays hard. You know, coming in from USM, he's he's done a good job for Mississippi State. But overall, offensively, this team they're just a train wreck. You know, and they've made up for it by being elite defensively. But now that they're playing in the SEC and they're playing these conference opponents and they're playing guys who are much better players, they're struggling a bit. So, this weekend with Ole Miss, you got to you got to find a way. I would advise you if I you should never take financial advice from me under any circumstances ever in life. But if you were going to betting the under on Mississippi State Ole Miss basketball this weekend, it feels like a safe investment. It feels safer than last weekend's uh, Music City Bowl with Iowa and Kentucky, which I again I urge you to take the under on. I hope that you did. But, I mean, how are these two teams going to combine for 120 points? I haven't seen what the over-under is on this game yet, and I'm sure they'll, they'll release it. But, I mean, right now, if you said pick a final score, I'm going to go – It's they're both in the 50s, 58, 52, something like that. I mean, I just don't see – I don't see any way these two teams are going to start lighting up the scoreboard. Ole Miss was, I think Richard said on today's Sports Talk Mississippi, they were 2 of 24 – from three-point range, that is, that's bad. That's that's some uh, that's some that's some kind of number state was putting up last year from three-point range. Not that they're much better this year. So this is going to be a very much a, a, a this is a team that likes to play defense against a team that's not a very good offensive team. Which one am I talking about? It could go either one. I feel like the, the, what State will have working for it in this game is the crowd, obviously. Uh, and I think that they they still have a lot of momentum. You know, they're still I mean, they're still in a good spot. They know that these tough game these two games have been tough on them, but by and large, Mississippi State knows, hey, we're still on the right path to get to the NCAA tournament. But we do have to win this game. Whereas if you're Ole Miss, you're thinking even if we win this game, we're so far out of the NCAA tournament picture, it doesn't matter. So I worry. Worry is probably not the right word, but when I think about Ole Miss, and I think you know, sometimes when you have a coach that you know is on the way out, that you know it's not going to happen, at what point do you tap out? Because it happens, it happens all the time. It happened, it happened with the last Ole Miss head coach with Andy Kennedy. That team kind of tapped out on him. It happened here in Starkville, his last game, where they just they 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 didn't put up the right kind of effort and they got run off the court. I don't know that you're going to see a repeat of that, but 
it does feel like with Kermit that he doesn't have the pulse of his team, that he doesn't have his guys playing for him the way you would want to. So could be a could be an interesting day. It's going to be an interesting day. If State gets the win, you know, I feel like that sort of, you know, resets things a little bit for for the Bulldogs and they can continue to move forward and it's just a, a question of grinding out seven more wins out of that. If you can do that, you're going to the NCAA tournament. If you can't, it's going to be tight. The good news is you're going to be in the discussion either way. In year one of Chris Chance to be in the discussion, to be on the bubble, to go into selection Saturday, Sunday and, and at least you know have the thought that, hey, we could get in, that is a huge positive because this team was not built to go to the NCAA tournament. This team was not back in, you know, June, July, August, when you were talking, thinking about college ba- uh, basketball, that you were thinking Mississippi State was going to be in this uh, in, in any kind of discussion for anything regarding the NCAA tournament, maybe the NIT. And I, I'll be honest, I would, you know, not that I want to buy into that Larry Templeton crap of, you know, if you just make the NIT every couple of years, you'll be happy. But if he had made the NIT this year, I would have been like, "That's a good job. He did a good. He did. A, he did." He did a, a, a very good job. If he goes to the NCAA tournament, he should be the SEC Coach of the Year. I don't care if Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, whoever wins the national title. Mississippi State in the NCAA tournament, Chris Chance, Coach of the Year, period. Period. So we'll see. Let's talk a little bit more about Saturday and what's going to happen with the uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss when they come to the hump. Saturday, 1 o'clock, CBS kickoff, or CBS tip-off, a national television audience. It's exciting. Get excited for basketball. We'll talk about that when we come back. Plus, maybe we'll wrap up a little bit more here on Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. One last go around here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget, again, if you, if you missed this show or if you you just love the sound of my voice, the Thunder and Lightning podcast is always available to you free wherever you get podcasts. It's always available at supertalk.fm as well. You can catch this show. You can catch the uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast. And, of course, if you got other interests, there's the Rebel Report, there's the Eagle Hour, and of course there's the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast available to you. All these podcasts all over the place. They cost you nothing in this day and age. I'll leave most of that to Mr. Gallo in the morning, but in this day and age, you got to take advantage of the free things you can get in life. All right, Mississippi State Ole Miss. Big game. 
for Mississippi State. They've lost three in a row. And you go back to the, uh, the the battle at the vault with uh, with Drake. Four losses in a row would not be ideal. I believe a, a certain friend of mine would refer to that as suboptimal. Um, so they need to get this win. It's not a must win the way it is for Kermit Davis. Ole Miss, a win over Mississippi State would at least keep the you know the dogs at bay for another week. As it is, I mean, if they lose this game, they, I don't know that Ole Miss would do a midseason dismissal, but it's getting rough up there. They, they, they need a win. State needs a win, too, though. And I think just from a, a comfort standpoint for Chris Jans, like just beat Ole Miss and people are willing to let some other things go as far as this season goes. You've already got a ton of support. You've already got a lot of people behind you. Everybody believes in you. But you got to beat Ole Miss. That's one of the reasons Stansbury was so popular at State, and that's one of the reasons Howland struggled at State. Stansbury was something like 23-7 and against Ole Miss. He dominated them. Howland didn't. I think Howland was, if he was, he may have been below 500 all time, to be honest with you. I think I think he was something like 9-10 and 10 or 8-9, or and nine, something like that. Or, I, know, I know he had a season where he lost to them twice, and he did never had a season where he beat them twice. So... You need to beat them, you know. It's important at Mississippi State at every in every sport to beat Ole Miss. And don't let the Ole Miss fans fool you. It's important to them to beat Mississippi State as well. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. You know, my, my first thought is that State will be fine. They'll, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll go out there. They're going to play good defense. Ole Miss is a team, by and large, they, they, they struggle making shots. And so that plays right into Mississippi State's hands. And I think they'll they'll hold the Rebels, you know, well under sixty points. But the question is, can they be over sixty points? But I think State's got. I think State'll be okay, and they'll get that win. If they don't, though, we're going to have to start talking about okay, now who can they beat in conference play? You know, are they going to be something like five and fifteen? You know, they're not they're not going winless, but they 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 need this win. They need it just to get some mojo back. This is a team that was ranked in the top fifteen just a few weeks ago. You know they 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 they've 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 fallen on some some adversity. I feel like they're going to be okay. I feel like Jans is a, the kind of coach who can get them through it. But they need a win on Saturday. I think I think they need to to find their way to victory uh, against their their arch rivals. We are going to have plenty to talk about over the next few days. Thunder and lightning podcast. Obviously, a lot of coaching news on tomorrow's pod. I'm really surprised there hasn't been more. To be totally honest with you. So you need to be tuned into the podcast. You need to be tuned into Sports Talk Mississippi. You need to follow me on Twitter at Brian Haydad because news is just going to keep flying in. These coaches are going to keep coming in. Players are going to hit the portal. Players are going to come in from the portal. This may be one of the craziest months of MSU football to not have a game. But there's going to be a lot of news surrounding Mississippi State football over the next week or so. Uh, so I'll be here to help you help us get through it. But you just got to come along for the ride. Uh, and check us out. Again, Thunder and Lightning podcast starting tomorrow. You know, Chad Bumpus is back. I'm very excited for Bumpus. I don't know if, you know, on a personal level, if I, if that came across as well, but I've known Chad for a long time. He used to do a podcast, uh, on the, uh, the podcast network I used to work for. Uh, he and I, t- I teamed him and Brandon Walker up and they became a, an overnight sensation. Uh, I got to know Chad pretty well. Um, you know, a guy I've talked to through the years. I always send him a congratulatory uh, text whenever Utah has won a big game, and you know we, we, we just talk every now and then. And it, it's good to have him back. 
It's good to have him back because I know he wanted to be back. I knew that he wanted deep in his heart to be at Mississippi State. This is this is the place for him. This is his home. So like all other alums, I fully expect him to take another job within two to three years. Nah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's wrap it up. Another uh, edition of Thunder and Lightning in the back. I think I did pretty good. Rhino, did I do okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Mike and Oxford just bet the house on Ole Miss, on Ole State. Who am I betting on, Mike? you got to be more specific. Betting the under. That's what we're doing. We're going to bet the under on Mississippi State Ole Miss this weekend. All right, guys. Back with you tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. Obviously, the Thunder and Lightning Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you guys showing up for me. Have a great Wednesday night. Talk to you again on Thursday. Here on Thunder and Lightning. Appreciate it. Talk Mississippi Media Production.